world of thrills, the world of drama, of capes and tights, the world where death is a revolving door. Welcome to the Geek Matrix. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Geek Matrix. Like I just said, if you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> I can't even do the fucking voice anymore. It was so long ago. All right. Yes. Hello, everyone. I feel like it's been a while since I've actually done a proper intro because we usually just jump into jokes. <laughs> I am joined today by Brandon. Yes. Hello. I'm back. And Josh. Hey, I'm back too, but just back from last week. Uh, in between there, I tried to get to be friends with Killer Croc. Um, you know, he's been showing himself to be kind of a nice guy lately. I was trying to get to know him, but turns out he's just got a really tough exterior. Uh, I'm yeah. so glad I was on you, vacation. You <laughs> he didn't do any of these while you were away. Oh, really? I blame you just, now. Just... <laughs> I feel so honored. Uh, and honestly, Josh, by the sounds of it, if he if he's being that toothy, you should probably scale it back a bit. <laughs> oh, see? Uh, oh, that was... <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> that was awesome. I need to be faster with that rim shot. <laughs> all right, we are here to talk about all sorts of comics. We're all here with our respective Jays. Jay, my Jay, he's young Jay. I have Jay, old man Jay. Brandon's Jay, and Josh's Jay is is not the typical kind of Jay, but the one that yes. smokes. But but Josh and I can't Wait, match what? because Josh has a a lovely Cassandra Kane Batgirl, mm -hmm. and I am very happy. I sound like I'm an NFL about to announce my <laughs> my uh, yeah, my team, but I have my recently acquired. Oh. I almost said Cassandra Kane, Stephanie Brown, Absolutely. that girl. New in package because I just picked it up. That's why I was late. I love oh, Cassandra shit. Kane. Yes. <laughs> so now, now I've just realized. So Josh has Cassandra, thanks to Brandon. By the way, Brandon, awesome, fine dude. That's a sexy no. figure. Yeah. Oh um, shit. So Josh has, <laughs> has Cass. Brandon just acquired Steph. Mm -hmm. I think it might be time for me to go to the anime store at the mall Ooh. and pick up that Barbara Gordon out of Yes. <laughs> but the question is, well, actually, I should ask you, which one is it? It's Three Jokers, Batgirl. Oh, yes. Three That's a good one. Which is actually a really good design. Very I good just design. saw, and I can't remember which, but I just saw a Barbara Gordon two-pack in which she was uh, Batgirl and then also Barbara Gordon in the wheelchair. Really? Yeah. You know, they had I, an Oracle figure. I, I awesome. don't. Oh, I'm, I, it would take me a while to go back and look through my my mm -hmm. history, but I'll find it. Drop it in Discord that's for awesome. you guys. Is it brownish beige pants, green shirt, glasses? Yep. Yep. Yeah, that's like oh. like her Oracle costume. <laughs> right, much. right. Well, not anymore. Now she has that green jacket. Yeah, but it's still green. That's <laughs> yeah. That's what yep. matters. They're keeping the the green motif. Yeah, it's it's funny that. She has a color scheme. <laughs> I guess it fits because, like, her oracle icon is also green. So, yep. it's yes, like, but why, why the beige pants? Everybody, because khaki, khakis yeah. go with everything. It's true. Do they? Yes. Do they? Though? Are you one of those guys that hates cargo shorts? 
No, I have cargo shorts, but uh, I don't like them. <laughs> can you even call yourself an, an authentic geek if you don't own at least three or four pairs of cargo shorts? I'm ashamed to say that. Say two. Two. I, I just you I don't have something to hold the magic cards and Pokemon cards when you go to the comic oh, shop. God. <laughs> I have I own basketball you shorts. Backpack around, just have the deck Oops. right in the side yep. pocket. In the side going. pocket. See, you already know. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> I have basketball shorts and cargo shorts and boxer shorts, and that's the end of my shorts. So you I, three, what are the shorts? Cargo shorts, cargo, basketball yeah. shorts, and okay. boxer shorts. Boxer shorts. <laughs> that's it, man. I cannot wear it. Doesn't I don't know, man. Maybe it's just a weird sense of style, but like wearing a pair of shorts with no pockets on the sides feels wrong. It's it's weird. It's like wearing swim trunks. It yes, just, yes. Wait, it do y'all swim trunks not have shorts, or your trunks don't have pockets? Sometimes, yeah. It's yeah. weird. Yeah. Like it, you wonder why they have pockets because it doesn't make sense. Yeah, but, like, but all of what, mine have pockets. What are you going to be <laughs> keeping in your pockets as you swim? Exactly. But, yeah. A life-proof phone, or not life-proof? Uh, life waterproof. life case? Is that Maybe? what it's called? Water, waterproof. <laughs> yeah, waterproof. Sure. Yeah. Spray your phone with Never Wet. Does that, that even exist anymore? Never wet. Never, Never wet. wet. Never stolen. Yeah. yeah, it was a two-part epoxy spray that you could spray on literally anything, and it would keep it waterproof. Like they had mm. in in the initial commercial when it first released, they had people like spraying their shoes and spraying, cracking their phone open, spraying the inside of their phone, and putting it back together, and it would still work, and it was waterproof. I mean, your That's shoes crazy. are gonna get wet. Like, <laughs> I don't understand anymore. They, they can't they possibly really, like they actually showed after spraying it would never wet. It would change the color slightly, mm. but they put their their shoe while wearing it into a muddy puddle and mm. the water just like dripped off it like it was clean. Oh, that's funny. We just <laughs> yeah, saw a blanket that's stuff. exactly like that. Yeah. Maybe I'm just not that much of a stickler about my shoes, but I'm just like if they get wet, they get wet. I just mm-hmm. they can dry off. I mean it was just an example. Um, mm. things that get dirty constantly like you could yeah. spray this on fucking anything <laughs> i saw a fucking commercial holly showed it to me here just a few days ago um not like a commercial commercial on tv but you know those mm. fucking video ads on instagram or wherever the hell it was she was scrolling um for a waterproof blanket so there's this for those nights you want to cuddle in the ocean <laughs> right so th- it starts off with this the picture of this bed and this big you know gray blanket and a guy just walks up and he pours a whole glass of water on it and he picks the edges up and moves the water around and then he flips the blanket back and says she deserves more than just a towel man and that's the end of the commercial <laughs> Wow. I'm sold. <laughs> I'm fucking right. <laughs> I need five oh, now. shit. <laughs> I mean, if that is not just That's intelligent marketing, I don't know what is. Fucking brilliant. I need one. <laughs> I'm fucking I fucking saying. need one. Oh, God. <clears throat> I'm like, you want to talk about how to sell shit, you talk yeah. about real life how to sell That's shit. That's brilliant marketing. <laughs> Just, just because I, I like to 
ruin things by making sure I'm on the right track. We're all thinking the same thing, right? <laughs> no. I'm pretty sure. No? Oh, shit. I mean, yeah. Who wants to yeah. spill a soda in bed? Yeah. Right? Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's, no, nobody wants that. All right. Well, we are on episode 169. Uh-huh. Or... Legacy nice. number. Oh, I had picked up from the commercial. I get it. <laughs> We're on episode 169, or as we started last week, legacy number 4,525. <laughs> were you able to hear, did you check out last week's episode, Brandon, while you were away? I, I haven't actually. I'm okay, still, because so... I was just, it was so crazy with uh, Comic Con and everything. I haven't had a chance to listen to it yet. I bet. So I, I made a mistake at the beginning where I completely for some reason i completely forgot we were already numbering the shows and i was thinking of like week of comic releases from all time of dc Uh (laughs) so we ran the we actually took a minute did the math and figured out it was week number 4500 what josh 4525 this week since 1936 wow yeah so we have legacy numbering on our show now (laughs) Which I yeah. suppose is fitting, considering Josh has been reading comics since 1930. <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh, I need to blow my nose out. I'll be right back. <laughs> Got him. Oh. Sorry, I already made that joke to, to my uh, NCS earlier this week. I had it. It's perfect. Oh, it's so good. I don't know what was better the joke or josh's reaction i know i i killed him <laughs> oh that was fantastic oh. <laughs> see nose there josh you okay there old man the only thing worse than getting coke shot up your nose is getting coke uh, shot up your nose when it's foamy oh <laughs> so sorry <laughs> that's all right it was damn oh. funny that whole discussion in Discord, I was sitting here laughing my ass off on it. Oh, yesterday? Oh, no. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Holly gets upset when I make fun of how old I am, and yeah. mostly because I can never remember my exact age. No, okay. Um, but, 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 but she's like, man, you're not that old, just kind of like you guys do. But yesterday I was like, yes, old jokes, fuck yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that's how it has to be. You got to just steer into the skid, you know? Yep. Just accept yeah. the old jokes. You're like, nope, Absolutely. That's how it is. You have to, yeah. Yeah. So I, I, I don't know if I ever told you guys the story. This was bloody years ago mm. when I used to, like, I, I was a loser that didn't go out and I'd spend my Saturday nights on Omegle or Chat Roulette. Mm. And uh, I came that's across. An experience. I must have been like 26 or something. Yeah. I was bald then too. No beard. I was mm-hmm. just going through people. And these two teenage girls show up and they go, it was that Bruce Willis. And then. Oh. <laughs> oh. Oh. I think it's yeah. worse because they said, ew. Is that yeah. Bruce Willis. Yeah. <laughs> That's rough, man. That's. I wasn't even near my 30s at the time. <laughs> I never I'm felt sorry. older. <laughs> but like you said, sometimes you gotta lean into it and just laugh sometimes. What else are you gonna do? Yeah. Now, if you had hair, they would have been like, oh, that's Bruce Willis. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
why. <laughs> you got to lean into it like Josh not realizing none of us were alive when Jason Todd died. Yes. It's true. That is like, you, you've got us all beat. <laughs> I, well, you've got us all beat, not just because you were alive when it happened, but you were alive and you can remember it. Not live. I can remember it. I I, I I remember my brother voting to kill him. Yeah. <laughs> Which I still can't believe. What no. did your brother have against Robin? Oh, he's just fucked up. That's I mean, I mean, like, it's you not know, even just it's no, 50, he, almost fifty percent, over fifty percent of DC fans. Yeah. At the time, yeah. had something to do against Jason yeah. Todd. Yeah. No, I mean, he he just he he was all fucked up about uh you know th- there being a new Robin. He didn't like it from day yeah. one. Yep. Didn't like it from day one. You know, That's not rough. my Robin kind of thing. Yeah. Well, I thought speak, it was cool. I'm like, are you serious? Batman's recruiting this kid because he was able to steal the wheels off the Batmobile. <laughs> Fuck yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'll go steal some tires. Right? Rehab time. Yeah. <laughs> so speaking of that story of Death Ooh. of the Family, in, in December we found out, I think earlier this week, DC mm-hmm. is releasing... Um, Drum roll, please. I think it's part three of A Death in the Family, mm-hmm. where... They flipped the script this time, and because both a uh, story that we got where Jason dies and a story where Jason lives were both written and drawn and completed. Yep. And yes. just waiting to see which would win. So now DC is releasing that specifically edition of that issue, but the story where Jason lives, which is After beautiful. All the, like what yes. thirty five years? <laughs> Roughly, yeah. Well, somewhere yeah. near there. Th- that page, the the original Jim Aparo page, like. They've they've had reprints of that since at least like 2012 because they I, I they have a version in the Under the Red Hood trade paperback where they're like oh this is how it would have gone if Jason had lived and they had the page all drawn and I think they colored it and everything and it might be in like one of the annuals that's in that story um, but I think this is the first time like they're printing that whole issue with that that page um, so that'll be. It'll be fun to read at least. I, yeah, it, it will history. be mine. Yes. <laughs> yeah, a little alternate universe kind of storytelling. Yeah. If it leads into something like we get a universe where Jason never died and we get like an Elseworlds story, I'm actually kind of down for that. God, well, I feel like, oh, shit. There might, there might be, I don't even know if it still exists anymore, but like I vaguely remember from some something online where they're talking about countdown to final crisis and there was like an earth where jason todd was batman and presumably he'd never die um if you if you like google it i'm sure you can find it um, oh, i gotta go that would be cool if they did like a tie-in to that or something like if jason never died and he kind of ended up being robin and then eventually took over as batman like i would yeah. totally do that that'd be interesting yeah. It just just imagine like Nightfall if Jason was still alive, No Man's yeah, yeah. Land, like all these '90s events if Jason was still there and Tim didn't become Robin. Yeah, and what what would Tim have been? Would he have even been a hero? Would he have existed in this universe? I mean, he'd be around, but like yeah. the whole reason he became a Robin was because he knew Batman needed one and Batman didn't mm-hmm. have one. But if Batman already had one, then he wouldn't need to become one. Yeah. Um, but he might have I, still deduced Bruce's identity because he's yes. smart. I'm oh, just, wait, here we go. 
Oh, you um, found it? Because I yeah, was sitting so, here thinking, I'm, I'm like wondering, are, are you remembering like the beginning of Battle for the Cowl? No. Well, actually, funny you should mention that for, for two reasons. Number one, because um, they have a figure from the Batman Reborn line, which, I, uh, which is the line that had the stuff that I just picked up, um, that they were putting on auction. <laughs> that i tried to bid for and it was it just got too expensive i was like i can't i can't do this um but i, I wish it. i'd had it because it's such a wicked looking figure it's like with the cowl and the guns if you look up dc oh, yeah. direct batman reborn batman it's like the sickest thing you've ever seen um i actually um, really liked that design yeah uh, <laughs> I, I don't know selfishly if, I, if they ever were foolish enough to let me do a story with jason and todd i'd find a way to bring that Wait, back. the, the two-faced batman no, no, no. So if uh, you, yeah, if you just look up DC Direct, Jason Todd Batman. Oh, Jason yeah, Todd Batman, Batman Reborn Batman or Batman Reborn Jason Todd or something like that. Um, it'll show you it, but it's like, I don't know. It's it's the coolest thing. Um, but this is the this is the Earth I was talking about. Sorry, I'm not trying to derail 15. the conversation, but Earth 15. Interesting. I don't remember this one. Oh, oh yeah, that one. Yeah. Yeah, with the tall shoulders and shit. Hell yeah. Yes. Oh my god, that look so gorgeous. Holy shit. Do you guys I, remember I, that creepy smile we complained about on the flash? <laughs> Woo, this I dude. mean, it's fitting. It's fitting with Jason. And yeah, it is definitely fitting there's in, like, at so that time. In in Battle for the Cowl, when Jason suits up as Batman and Dick is still like, you know, fuck this, I'm not gonna be Batman. Like I, I said I wouldn't do it and I wouldn't. And there's like that issue where Tim suits up in the classic like yellow oval suit. Uh-huh. There's like a part of me that's just like, oh man. Like I know it would be really hard to tell between just a normal looking Batman in that suit and Tim Drake in that suit, but oh, if we had a figure of that, that would be that would be awesome. Oh yeah. I mean it would just be like shorter and, and thinner. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Unless McFarland made it. Yes. <laughs> and it would be ginormous yeah <laughs> be like big and bulky all right um so we we have a lot of books to get through but i want to hear something first i, I want to ask a question before we get into that uh brandon how was comic-con <laughs> oh my god well I'll, I'll try and keep this uh relatively brief because it's it's comic-con is usually just a beast but it was fun it's always very fun it's nice to, to pop down into New York City for a day or two, or for me, it's three days, which is two days of the con and then one day of travel, which kills me. Um, but no, it was really fun. Um, it's just, I, I feel like I usually have my routine, which is go to Artist Alley, try and get my shit signed, run from Artist Alley to panel to panel, run back to Artist Alley, rinse repeat and then saturday is just like i go to the exhibition hall and go ham and just like try and find as much shit as i can um in in the comic side of things although i did i did expand a little bit this year so it wasn't just the comics i did pick up the very nice looking tim drake which i was happy about um but no it was it was a lot of fun and i i went to a little less panels this year just because I, I kind of wanted to spend more time with my friends. Um, but I got to go to a couple, which were fun. I heard from this guy I was talking to outside the exhibition hall that the Gotham City panel, which I didn't go to, um, I just didn't have time, but that was supposedly really fun. And 
Chip Zdarsky was causing mayhem. I get, to, <laughs> I get to finally meet Chip Zdarsky in person. Uh, Rob, you were ahead of the punch uh, with, with you were ahead of the curve uh, on me on that one, but it was it was fun because I I had I, I've probably told this story before, so I apologize if I'm repeating this, but I, I got to interview Chip in high school. It was very embarrassing. It's also still the image I have on my phone as my screensaver. Um, but I, I knew Chip was coming in at New York Comic Con, and I was like, okay, I'm going to see if he still remembers this embarrassing little interview where it was like eight people crammed into a tiny English classroom, and it was me squeaking questions at him. Um, and he did, I think. I don't know. He could have been lying to me. But I just I was like, oh, I don't know if you remember this, but like three years ago when you're starting out on Daredevil, I cold called a bunch of comic writers, and you were like the only person who responded aside from Tim Seal, and he was like, oh, yeah, I remember that. It was a lot of fun. We talked about sex criminals. Um, so, no, it was, it was love a good sex time. criminals. It's a great sex book. Sex criminals, yeah. <laughs> um, and then Jorge was like like meeting God. I'm kidding. <laughs> um, no, it was very funny. Um, he's just like, like this beautifully handsome man. <laughs> I don't know. He's just like, he was very sweet because, um, you know, Chip and I were kind of talking and then I, I made because they were sat next to each other. I made my way over to him and he's like reaches out with both hands, like shakes my hand. He's like, oh, pleasure to meet you. And he's like, do you want to get a picture? And I was like, oh, my God, I'm, I'm sweating bullets over here. <laughs> um, yeah, but no, it was it was really nice. It's like and I'm it completely just, heterosexual, but you are I'm, too fucking I'm beautiful. I'm straight. <laughs> you, know, you know, maybe not for you. Um, <laughs> right. But, but no. It was it was just nice to like get around and meet people, um, especially some of the creators that I, I thought I would never get the chance to, um, namely, fucking Jeff Johns, which I'm right. still like, I am so jealous, awestruck at, um, and uh, and I will I will forever cherish that photo of me and him holding the Flash and Kid Flash, which was slightly embarrassing, but I I don't know I was just like I don't so think it's funny. embarrassing. It was cool as um, hell, dude. Yeah, so I, I was just like, because I was so I was so nervous because I, I got caught off guard because I thought he was only signing at like very specific times. And then I show up at the hall at like 10 o'clock and he's just there. And I was like, oh, shit. So I'm like, I'm going into overdrive trying to get everything, you know, that I that I want um, prepared and signed and the line is moving super fast. And then I get there and I'm just like, oh, anyway, here you go. I love your flash. Also, if you wouldn't mind, you know, uh, if you could just, you, I have these two figures and you can choose and we can just like pose together. And he was like, yeah, cool. Um, and it's like, these are really well made. And yeah. So anyway, that was, uh, that was near Comic-Con crazy as usual, but, uh, but a lot of fun. Um, I think the highlight though was aside from that was actually getting to meet G Willow Wilson because oh, she great. had like, she had like no one at her booth which i thought was really odd oh my just, god that's so insane yeah man. and i just like literally Dude. i just like walked up and she was like oh it's you know, a little bit of a lull right now but you know i'm more than happy to sign your book and if you want to get a picture and everything and it was really Holy cool shit. Dude, uh, I would have sent so, you a poison ivy number one if if if, if, oh, if, if I would have known that 
Well, if if I had known Damn. that uh, that that you would have wanted that, I totally would have picked up one from from Midtown and gotten you an extra one because I got mine signed. But I've man, already I don't even know. know what G Willow Wilson looks like, and Holly knows that she has moved into one of my my celebrity hall passes. Yeah, she was really nice. Was, I, I don't even know what she writer. looks like. She's just an amazing writer. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'm trying to think if there was anything else. Again, it was just a lot of like, I was like a mayfly just running around Artist Alley for hours, just trying to get <laughs> everything signed. Um, and I can, I bet it, it was. Yeah, it's it's always fun, but it's a colossal fucking pain because, like, just imagine schlepping around about 15 pounds worth of books. Oh god, yeah. Four hours. Yeah. Trying I'll to see. time everything perfectly. It's just painful. That was me in August. You oh, can't god, scare yeah, me. It's, it's terrible. I'd um, have to take a wheelchair. It wouldn't no, take nothing. <laughs> I mean, like, dude, I would I would gladly be like your Sherpa and carry your stuff around, but I'm like shit be in my you life. Might, you might have to like pay me in food or something. <laughs> it's, it's no easy task. Like no. I, I I was still hurting. I was still hurting and it's been almost a week. Yeah, it, it'll go away in a couple of days. Yeah, um, <laughs> hopefully. But, uh, but no, it was it was just a great time, um, and I'm I'm always glad that I get the chance to go and, and hang around for a few days. Um, I'm trying to think if there was anything else significant. Oh, um, I guess there was the has has Robert Kirkman ever come to any conventions at uh, at in Toronto or in Canada? I'm just kidding. I, I want to. I I couldn't tell you for sure, but I'm pretty yeah. sure he has. Yeah, because I, <clears throat> I I know Robert Kirkman. Obviously, I think maybe I'd seen one interview with him, but I knew relatively little about his public persona. And he was doing the Energon panel with uh, with Josh Williamson and nice. two of the other artists and everything. Um, and you want to talk about people who just like have a weird stage presence? I feel like the next time he does it, if he ever does another panel, I'll have to go. Because he was just like, I don't even know if I could call it entertaining, but he just had like a weird energy that I, I can't quite describe. I taped it because I just I was like I have to I have to listen to this again just to make sure I wasn't going crazy. But it was it was it was bizarre. It was a little bizarre. I got to think about it a little bit some more because I don't know if he was I don't know if he's like a catty person, but he just had like maybe he was just trying to be playful. I don't know, but he, it was just like. Almost like he was trying to be like a like a curmudgeon-y type person, but in a teddy bear sort of way. That made sense to someone, I'm sure. But I, I don't know. I don't <laughs> I have a way of describing it. A grumpy teddy bear? Yeah, like a grumpy right. teddy bear. So a PG-13 Ted. Yeah, because he was always just like, oh, yeah, I'll spoil this or I'll fire you, which obviously he's not going to do. Right. Um, <laughs> he kept saying that to Williamson, and I was just like, I couldn't tell. I was like, does he actually not like him or is this a bit or like, I don't know. Like, I can't tell. I can't read people well enough to, to figure out whether or not he was just joking or. If I think like, it's safe to assume he doesn't like him. <laughs> it could be. Again, like, I mean, Williams just had kidding. the number of books at Skybound, so like, you can't hate him. So I don't know. Anyway, that was New York Comic Con. Lots of fun. Fun, fun. Um, picked up way too much shit spent way too much money um and uh i think the the thing that i'm most proud of is uh the the green lantern sinestro core war trade paperback that will be coming 
to to you, Sir Sir Robert. In Much appreciated. Hopefully a week or so. I just gotta I just gotta pony up the cash for that because international shipping is, is a pain in the ass. But I'm very proud of that because I was able to get that signed by pretty much everyone on the creative team, with the exception of Dave Gibbons and Ivan Race. If I played it right, could have gotten Ivan Race, but um, I, I was able to do it, and I got it all personalized, and I think you will very much appreciate it. Right. Looking out for you, man. I knew I, I knew it would mean a lot. Oh, man. It's going to be awesome. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm going to read it right away. Yeah. <laughs> and I it's, it's a complete one, too, so like you don't have to skip between trades. You just yeah. start that motherfucker, and you finish it. I, I can't wait to see the thickness, because you and I were talking about it. I have it. Yeah. I can, I can show you. Yeah, right there, because the the hardcover yeah. for Sinestro Core War is in two parts, but the, it's like the trade is one volume. Yeah, if you if you hold it or when you hold thick, it, actually, um, yeah, when there. you hold it, like it's not as thick as you think it would be. So I think yeah. it must be um, a thinner paper or something. But it's it's the same content. It's just I mean, the the hardcovers are pretty thin. Yeah. So anyway, looking at looking at the trade there, like yeah, that's definitely all all be, for you, my friend. Uh, <laughs> So, Pat Gleason. Yeah. Oh my no God. Fear. Actually, that's that. That'll be my last point. Pat Gleason, America's sweetheart. Because yeah. I, <laughs> I, I knew I was like, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to approach him again. Because I had him sign like seven books at C two E two, and I felt really bad because I kept <laughs> coming back, and I was like, God, I'm so, I feel so fucking annoying. So I just, I went up and I was like, Hey, I gotta be honest with you. I know there was like a really annoying guy. At C2E2. I don't know if you remember. I hope you don't. But that was me. And I just, I was like, I wanted to apologize because I know that was like a lot. And he's like, dude, don't even worry. Like that, that's what I'm here for. Um, so it, it was really nice about it. But no, I was, I was, I was happy to get it. Hell yeah. Um, oh, wait, no. One more thing. It's more funny. Pete Tomasi shaved his beard. And it was the scariest thing I've ever seen. Holy shit. <laughs> Let me see if I can find a picture. Um, and I wasn't the only one who recognized this because someone walked up to his booth and was like, oh, my God, you shaved your beard. And he was like, yeah. And that was it. That's that's crazy. That'd be like Tom Selleck shaving off his mustache. It's trademark. This is, this is like this is frightening. I saw it and I was like, this can't be. Whoa. Oh, my God. It don't even look like him. That's, I know. I was like, who is this? Um, like completely shaved, clean. Fucking yeah, that's backup out. actor for a Kevin yeah. Smith movie. I know. I was like, who is Stan? <laughs> that's accurate. <laughs> I, and one of my favorite things that you mentioned was was Jeremy <laughs> Adams remembered you. Yeah. Oh man. No, he was. Well, that was that was like a little bit of of like both of us were kind of. I mean, obviously, I I knew Jeremy Adams, but like right. I kind of just approached, and he was like giving me the eye, like. I know you, but I don't know why I know you. <laughs> um, I, was I like, didn't kick you out a of a hall ago, one and he time, was like, did I? <laughs> I? I knew it. Um, but yeah, no, he was really cool. He was he was probably, I mean, we, we talked to him, but like, you guys know, he's like the most down-to-earth person oh, God, yeah. out there. Um, and he was like, just super personable. He was just like, you know, hey, how are you enjoying the con? Like, did you pick up anything good? Like just the nicest guy um so i got so green lantern I, and flash signed and like we just kind of talked for a little bit and it was it was really cool it was just it was just nice to actually get to meet him face to face the other day 
I went down a Jeremy Adams rabbit hole. Yes. Because I, I stumbled upon the new Mortal Kombat Legends Johnny Cage movie. And I'm just looking through the credits. I'm like, holy shit, Jeremy Adams wrote this? Yeah. Because I knew that he did Super Sons and I knew that he did War World. What I did not know was that he did the entire Lego uh, Monkey, Kid, King, uh, Monkey King uh, series. He did uh, all of the Mortal Kombat ones. And he's done a whole plethora of DC animation. Yeah, no, the, he's like a pretty busy books that he's written, I yeah. don't think the man has slept in at least 14 years. There's no <laughs> way. Uh, the entertainment business for you, baby. Um, <laughs> but I I think, I don't know if it's been formally, and I think it has, but um, he's doing a Flash Gordon book for... Oh, my. Wow. God, uh, I don't, I don't remember the publisher, but if you look it up, it might, it might already be dynamite. Uh, yeah, either dynamite or something like up. that. Um, this could yeah, be dark horse. But, but he, he basically was just when we were talking, um, he was just like, yeah, I think after the Flash Gordon book, like if you guys would, you know, if you, if you ever want to have me back, I'd, you know, be totally happy to do it. So I think. If we wouldn't mind having him for a round two, like hell cool. no, dude! I grew up Flash. loving Flash Gordon, man. Hey, yeah, you out there, I'd, I'd screw you, Ming. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, no. To to your point, yeah, he's a, a busy ass screenwriter. Um, and I don't know if he's still doing that. I don't know if he's like comics full time now, but no, he know. literally just released a brand new Mortal Kombat movie. Oh well, then yeah, then there you go. Because I follow him on Instagram, I know he was, you know, he's with the um, WGA strike and everything. Like mm -hmm. most, most everything was on pause. But um, yeah, I didn't, I didn't realize he was still that active. So props to him, coolest right? guy. Coolest it's like guy. peel me off some of your energy, man. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, it's such such a, a thrill to talk to. Such a fun. Oh guy. yeah. I'm I'm still like you know so happy you had set that up like that was such a great show. I couldn't believe it. <laughs> I couldn't believe that somebody got back to me. <laughs> uh, all right. So I think I want to say that's it. I don't think there was any other comic news, right? I mean, there was a whole bunch of announcements. Yeah, a whole bunch of like announcements from cover some. Yeah, I don't know how much you guys actually talked about. Um, because I we we came up there was a whole bunch I think announced either the day before or the day of the show and then I, I think it was the day of because there was like, did you guys talk about um, we, we did the Elseworld stuff you did do that okay yeah um I'm trying to think it's getting warm in here I'll be and, right back guys okay yeah no worries um and I know there was the announcement about action in Superman. I don't know if you guys talked about that. Oh, yeah, we did not talk about that yet. Uh, yes, because that is somewhat relevant to uh, pretty big action. Yeah, yeah, I just got that. I'm just going through our comics chat to see um, what we might have missed. Mm. Oh, there's actually a couple more things. Yes. So, yeah, we. So, so I was going to say we can wait for Josh to come back, but no, we're already live, so let's just go for it. Uh, um, yeah, Action Comics next year, I think in January? Something like that. Something like that. Uh, Bill Kennedy Johnson is uh, no longer going to be writing it, unfortunately. Uh, uh, um, yeah, so it's a damn shame. Uh, yeah. But but 
Marvel superstar Jason Aaron is going to be taking over <laughs> for three issues, which is honestly pretty freaking wild to think about. I, I guess I'm, it depends so... on who you ask, because some yeah. people are like, yeah, Jason Aaron. And then some people are like, oh, oh Jason Aaron. Aaron. Yeah. <laughs> but it also depends on your exposure to Jason Aaron. Depending That's on the true. Yes. Read by him would really alter your opinion. I read yes. the good Jason Aaron stuff. See, I I, I, I've read the good and the not so good <laughs> but i'm i'm more inclined towards the good yeah. um and i think generally he has a pretty good track record yeah and then, like i said like this is only it's three issues yeah it's a one-off story uh which will be leading into uh the next writer to take over is joshua williamson mm. who will be setting up taking the reins from jason aaron and setting up the big superman line crossover mm -hmm. that he's been building towards with Brainiac. Yeah. That'll be happening next year. So uh PKJ no longer on Action Comics, Jason Aaron taking over temporarily, and then Joshua Williamson after that. And then after that, who fucking knows? Yeah. At least we don't anyway. Uh do but that's you, what we know right now. Do you anticipate Jason Aaron doing more with the Superman line or is this just kind of like dipping his toe and then maybe going somewhere else? I could he's pretty committed this to this I could see this being DC be like, okay, well, like, see how you feel with Superman. We've got yeah. this stuff going on. Rate this one-off story. And then if you like it, keep going. Yeah. And yeah. how are we feeling about that? <laughs> I, I'm on the, I'm, I'm so on the fence about it. I love PKJ's action comics, as do we yeah. all. Yes. But yeah. I'm also very excited to see what jason aaron can do with superman in one issue and then they hand it over to the guy that's already fucked up superman three, well, three, issues. Or a three, three issues he's got yeah. um and then joshua williamson's doing his crossover thing so i i do suspect that maybe once that's done pkj might get the reins back i'm hoping mm -hmm. yes I'm hoping, well i i think he might like be done done because i think yeah. he might he made an announcement somewhere that was like, like it's yeah, he's, he's, uh, he's off action. Or he's he's yeah. finished his story, at least. Yeah, which is crazy, because I feel like there's so much more to happen. I know. That's why I'm like, how the hell are you going to wrap all this stuff up by yeah. like, January? Like, he's basically opened up the the universe yeah. for stories. He's restarted DC Cosmic almost single-handedly. Yep. And... Don't worry, in about yeah, five or six issues, somebody will come in and fuck it all up. Well, my no, hope is that... Well, like, he's still doing it with... with yes. Well, much like, more terrible, so. Yeah. But even that's temporary. He's not committed to, like, an ongoing. Yeah. Also, that I think... That is depressing. My, my guess would be there's probably more to his story than just action comics. I could very well see it. Oh god, yeah. Not not spinning off necessarily, but possibly continuing in say another type of book. Like I have my ideas. New gods. Uh well, that that would probably be number 1, but you know, we still don't really know where or what the authority are doing slash are up to. Um or that guy that took off in Warworld. Yeah, yeah, Krillux. Krillux. Um, yeah, so yeah. Like there's, there's, there's still stuff that like I could easily see spinning off into, say, a Superman and the Authority ongoing, or just an Authority ongoing, um, that could 
you know resolve itself there which i think yeah and so so there's that going on there's whatever connection krillux has to the united planets there's whatever's going on with the united planets and the glc and fuck like all those planets that uh came back in that godforsaken green lantern series from hypertime yeah that are just inserted into the universe god damn i could think about it all night okay <laughs> next it's announcement there's a lot of possibilities i just hope pkj's got some stuff lined up for the future yes dude dc uh, letting him go as a regular writer regardless of whether or not it's on a continual series or not would be probably the dumbest thing they've done since handing Williamson the reins, which was the dumbest thing they had done since letting Bendis do Superman. Well, that's just your opinion, but also, I don't know. I think letting Bendis do Superman was pretty dumb. That was, that was uh, not the best. No, I think, I don't know. I I get the impression DC is going to be pretty careful about it. Or if not, then, I, I think uh, there's a Stormwatch book coming, Marvel's right? Offer him that exclusive contract, and then you know he'll be the next Hickman. Um, Fuck! Don't yeah. say that. I mean, he would be, but don't say that. <laughs> no, there there is a Stormwatch book coming, if I remember right. Yeah, there's been a well, lot of illusion. Maybe I don't know because they're doing the story in uh, Brave and the Bold right now, but I don't know if they're gonna spin that off into a you know regular series oh yeah they were supposed to do that with the outsiders out of yeah that other one but that never happened that duke thomas story never got picked up either no they're they're doing like an outsider story with uh lansing and kelly but that's like completely different cast it's supposed to be more in line with like planetary than uh than what we saw in urban legends urban legends that's what it was yeah uh, so two more announcements that I don't believe we covered last week. At least one I know we didn't. Because um, mm. I saw that later in the evening. Mm. Um, Warner Brothers, Discovery Global Consumer Products, and Dynamite Entertainment are partnering. Uh, oddly enough, this is the direction they're fucking going. They own a goddamn comic company, but they're going to Dynamite. Uh, <laughs> uh, Dynamite will be releasing comics from all sorts of animated ip that warner brothers owns uh and the page is still loading but this includes properties such as thundercast fuck yeah urgence um why is this page not fucking loading and there's a whole list of other you said the one that matters (laughs) um thundercats ho Oh god, was Biker Mice from Mars in this list? No, Biker Mice oh. from Mars is also getting a re-release, but I don't remember what that was in. I don't oh, care. I'm going to be gobbling that shit up too. <laughs> but Biker Mice from Mars is amazing. Yes, it is. That's what I mean. That's, I'm going to be gobbling that up. Uh, and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles: The Last Ronin Two Reevolution has been announced. Uh, the direct sequel to. Well, not direct sequel to the last Ronin, more like a direct sequel to the last Ronin, uh, the Lost Years. The Lost Years, yeah, yeah, um, which is pretty damn good if y'all ain't read any. Yeah, it's actually really good. Uh, which is going to be telling the story of the four young turtles as they are a little more grown up, 
and become ninjas in their own right. Uh, the ones that April and Casey's daughter started training at the end of the last room. So they're the adult mutant ninja turtles? Well, they're like when we first met them, they were children. They, they might just be teenagers now. They're still teenagers? Well, they weren't teenagers in the first place. Aren't they called the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles? No, the 20-something so... Ninja Turtles. 20-something <laughs> Ninja Turtles. The Turtles is going to be a part of when we saw them. They were only kids. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah. Get yep. insurance. I thought you were talking about like turtle power. Adult when, when, turtles. when the last Ronin 2 comes, they, they will become teenagers. Right. Okay. I imagine. Either that or... 20-something Ninja about. Turtles. Yes. Yeah. all right well that is as far as i could tell all the announcements that we did not get to talk about last week um and we got a lot of books to cover so i guess we'll jump right into it josh you want to give us the honorable mention list sure do and boy it is a big one city boy number five hot girl number four cyborg number four I just said cyborg, cyborg number four, <laughs> Justice League versus Godzilla versus Kong number one, Batman White Knight Generation Joker number six. That's the end of that series. Harley Quinn Black and White and Redder number four, and then finally the Sandman Universe Nightmare Country, The Glass House number five. Now, cyborg is what sunk the Titanic NFT. Oh, <laughs> <You're a riot. laughs> Hold on. There we go. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like you I know said, what? I think I it. think Brandon doesn't <laughs> like the rim shot because he does it better. I think. You, you, <laughs> mean, you need to record you doing a rim shot. Yes. I I have I have done a rim shot at a oh god, this is well. Let's get through the honorable mentions, then I'll tell you the the rim shot story. I, I've listed them all, and I'll get into a little bit more of uh, on them in the bonus show, our Ooh, spotlight exciting. in the Discord. Yeah, but yeah, no, you need okay. to record a, a rim shot and a drum roll for us. Yes. Well, yeah, if you, if you want to comb through old school video recordings, there is a, a video of me doing a rim shot. We used to play these, like, Christmas, um, I guess not festivals but like you know like the the christmas or like holiday themed performances that like a high school do or whatever and festivals in, yeah and i like i i was in jazz band so they would always have us play like something like oh you're a mean one mr grinch or right. like whatever it was or something like that and they would always have this segment where like the two um student council presidents would just get up there and make terrible jokes <laughs> in my first year uh and in jazz band i I couldn't help myself because like they were they were just going on and on and i was like i can't do it i shouldn't do it i shouldn't indulge this but like (laughs) last one i ended up just playing the rim shot and everyone's like oh i'm so ashamed of myself you shouldn't be sometimes it takes Um, a rim shot for people to fully appreciate a joke yeah yeah even late show hosts use it so Exactly. Uh, I in like sus- like a suspiciously high amount. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. Jimmy Kimmel, he uses it. Uh, oh, yeah. Not often, but he does. Kimmel needs yeah. it. Yeah. Kimmel needs it. <laughs> That's true. 
his his brand of humor isn't exactly the greatest, but as a person, he's fucking awesome. What it's, I'm I'm still a little bitter because he he is a self proclaimed nerd, and I I totally believe it because he is a full on MCU nerd and Marvel nerd, and he knows the comics oh, yeah. and all that. But yeah. I'm I, I'm still not over that that one night he had a whole bit about people that watch uh, video game streamers and and video game YouTubers and just completely misunderstood the entire fucking point of the entire industry. I guess you could, you could call it an industry. The entire group of people that, that posted videos of them playing video games and the entire community that watches it. And he just got blasted online for about a week. <laughs> and then the next oh, week he had to apologize, but then made fun of us again. Like, it's not over that. I like Kimmel, but that rubbed me the wrong way. Call it a grudge. It's a grudge. I mean, I don't understand the appeal of watching other play people play video games. But you are a game streamer. <laughs> you, I don't you know why do people this. watch it. <laughs> <laughs> oh goodness! And and fuck him for never having Matt Damon on. <laughs> <laughs> uh, one of these days, Matt Damon's gonna show up and guest host. He did. It was fantastic. <laughs> All right. Uh, so yeah, let's get into the books. We're gonna start off with Titans number four. Brandon, oh you want to take us away? I will. Titans number four is written by Tom Taylor with art from Nicholas Scott, colors from Annette Kwok, and letters from I probably should have written that down. That's not his name. I'm just lazy. <laughs> um, fun I mean, fact Tom Taylor was also at New York Comic Con. Can you guess how many books I got signed by him? Zero zero yeah anyway i, I imagine i'm not lineup was too big i'm not i'm not salty about it i don't know where the fuck he was he was like dodging his booth but that's not important and it definitely did not impact the score of this book um lettered by wes abbott gar questions the titans role as fighters versus saviors raven gives him a pep talk while they fight off some bloodhaven street toughs titans investigate the meteor they picked up from the Church of Eternity. Gar calls the Titans to a meeting where he asks to do more than just fight monsters and fires, like helping reforest trees in Borneo. Dick approves, and Wally wants to help, but he is shut down by Dick and, later, Wally's wife, Linda. In Borneo, <laughs> the demolition <My> team <laughs> is rounding up the citizens, but Gar and the rest of the Titans show up shortly to help stop them. At Titan's Tower, Linda is infected with a strange alien contaminant by Tempest, unbeknownst to Wally. Cyborg is called away from the fight in Borneo to help bring Wally to a secret base on Mars, where he will be safe. But Linda is there with him. Oh no, the end. Uh, yeah, it sounded a little robotic. Uh, this uh, summary was written by ChatGPT. No, I'm kidding, but it might as well have been. I don't know. Um, it's a perfectly okay issue. Uh, it was decent action, and I, I really like the character work with Beast Boy. I like that he's in a much more mature light here and, and kind of is wants to be more proactive than reactive. But I don't know. That's kind of it. Like, it was just – it felt like a very meh issue to me. So I gave it an 8 out of 10, like very solid, very well executed, but I just – I couldn't walk away from this issue and say I loved it. So that's why the summary was just kind of like very straightforward because – it just felt like, yeah, things happen in this issue. That's it. <laughs> um, so that was really kind of all I had to say. 
Honestly, I, yeah, that's it's ex- like exact same. I, I agree. It, things happen. Not yeah. necessarily boring things. Not necessarily bad. No, things, like interesting things. Like, but like great things. Know. But yeah, they it was not much plot really got moved along. They yeah. they kind of just hinted at a few more pieces. Of like okay, like this portion of the story is going to get talked about. This portion of the story is going to talk about this. There's so much going on that there's almost not enough page counts to really address all the stuff that's going on in Titans right now. It's kind of crazy. But I also, I can agree with you, like, having Beast Boy in that that more mature light is mm-hmm. actually really good. And, and it's what's going to separate the Beast Boys from the Beast Mans. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Beast Man already kind of sucks. Hey, Masters of the Universe doesn't count. That's, I'm not talking about that Beast Man. Oh, my God. <laughs> Actually, I messed up and I meant Beast Master. My bad. Beast Master. Is it Beast Mans or Beast Men? I just want to make sure my grammar is correct. For posterity's sake. <laughs> <laughs> I, I feel like I need to know. <laughs> I'll, I'll have to look that up and get back to y'all. Beast I'll reach out to my Beast Contacts. Beast Contacts. Um, I I think I'll give a I'll give it an eight point five. Um, because the art's fucking fantastic. I gave it an eight point five too. I thought it was a pretty interesting read. I think they did a good job of showing that uh, Garth, his scalding of Gar, really did a really did light a fire underneath his ass. Um, it's cool to see that the saving the world part of their job isn't just fighting incoming alien apocalypses. It's actually working to save the world. Yeah. Um, now the Linda thing, I really need to see how this works into the flashbook unless the remainder of this story will also have a bunch of caption boxes that say happened before flash number one. I, I liked it. I liked it a lot. Um, it's not the best issue that's out there, but the change in world saving, the voices for the Titan members, um, and the bad guy that only needs seconds to act, I really dig. And I dig the art equally as much, both lines and colors. I, I think it's done really well. Um, it's a great effort for a book, and it was successful. I gave it an 8.5 out of 10. Um, and the only other thing, I forgot to look it up, Demolition Crew. Yeah, were they the same people in Jeremy Adams Green Lantern number one? I, I thought one? about that, and I don't know to be honest. I forgot to look it up. Yeah, that was the Wrecking Crew, wasn't it? Well, no, the Wrecking no, Crew is Marvel. Yeah. Oh, yeah, shit. No, it's the same Whoops. Demolition Crew, but <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I guess you could say it's a different faction. Although the Demolition they were Team very is like different people. Yeah, well, it's it's usually just like four or five people. I didn't. I guess I never thought of, they're not like Hive. Like they have. Yeah. so many drones i guess i just assumed it was like five or six people like it was supposed yeah. to be like marvel's wrecking crew yeah but not as cool not as cool yeah they don't have a scoop shovel <laughs> <laughs> bummer no <laughs> do they have an excavator shovel <laughs> Shut up with that right meow. Wait, no, I'm I'm a fool. Scoop Shovel is part of the demolition team. Ah, shit. <laughs> what am I thinking of? I don't know, it'll come to me later. Yeah. Uh all right, well, that's that's pretty fucking easy. <laughs> all right. All right, so yeah. now we'll move on to Batman Superman World's Finest. Uh Josh's favorite. Let's go. Wait a second. Oh wait, no, sorry. Yeah. I was looking at the wrong number. Sorry. That's I'm a bonus at... show. 
we're bad. gonna we're gonna move on over to the Catwoman book, right? Yes, meow. Catwoman number fifty-eight. I was looking at the wrong list. <laughs> yeah, this book. Right, meow. It's funny. Written by Tini Howard, art from Nico Leone, colors Veronica Gandini, Lucas Gatoni letters, and a cover from David Nakayama. Okay, hold on. Those covers from DNA, man. Holy shit. Oh, yeah. yeah. DNAs are fucking awesome. So, um, all right, this issue starts up immediately where the last one left off, Catwoman confronting and in a bad way, Batman on the roof um, to ask him what he did to Red Hood. Meanwhile, Lady Clayface does a little recon as Catwoman uh, to find out Savage's plan, stumbles onto Savage and, and, and Scandal and finds out their plans. Uh, Vandal cuts their head off. That's how they find out that it's Lady Clayface. Next, Vandal Savage rounds up a bunch of known villains in Gotham to offer them immortality and the best tech on Earth, meaning the stuff he's got in the Batcave, um, if they find the Lazarus fragments for him. Meanwhile, Jason is trying to get to Bruce because of how frightened he is. Uh, he passes by some cops who start chasing him, and he rushes by a house as he's running away. The house is on fire. He hears a kid needing help. He jumps into the fire to save her and then is too scared to get them out. Some thievery goes on while Catwoman and Scandal's friendship is dissolved. Then we see Selina going to Bruce's house for more info on Jason. But I guess more info is, isn't the right way to, to still try to get info on Jason. Um, there is no info and off they go looking for him. They track him quickly to the burning house and they save him as Selina admonishes Bruce for what he's done to Jason. The three of them are standing next to each other and they make an agreement to share everything that they know with one another. Flip the page and we see some of Savage's goons that don't know their goons. Scarface and the Ventriloquist, the Mad Hatter, Professor Pig, Black Mask, Two-Face, Firefly, and Killer Moth with Black Mask and the Ventriloquist cosplaying as Batman. Poorly, might I add. Um, not exactly what I would call a superstar team. But that's it. The story is... Almost over. We have the second Redhead book, a Redhead book, Red Hood book, and then Scorched Earth to wrap the whole thing up. Um, as far as this one g goes, I'm going to start with the art. I really like Nicole, Nico Leone and Gandini. Um, I see inconsistency throughout the art, even the shape of Bruce's head on the same page, the shape of Selena's eyes. Faces vary from page to page from page to page and sometimes from panel to panel. Style changes from one panel to another in some places. The coloring is pretty damn good, but I feel like Leon is far from the best they've done here. Like, way far. Um, as far as the story goes in this issue, I'm kind of... whelmed. A few things I'm not really cool with here. One, Batman is at war with everyone, including his kids, himself, and pretty much every single criminal in Gotham even brainwashing Jason, but when Selina shows up, the person he has the biggest problem with now, because she's leading a revolt in Gotham, he gets all mushy. They kiss. Later on in the apartment while they're talking about Jason, where she's demanding to know what he's done to Jason and where he's at, because she knows it's wrong, they're holding hands. There's no real discussion about what Bruce did. Instead, he actively avoids answering the question. There is absolutely no resolution let alone any progression between bruce selena and jason yet it ends by saying we share all the information with each other and it's 
Batman that says that? I mean, y'all know I'm a Howard fan and a fan of Nico Leone, but this issue is weak as fuck. Great colors, but little else. I'm really not a huge fan of the cover from Nakayama, who I normally like. This issue was just all the way off for me. It's the first time I've ever really truly shit on a Howard, uh, a Teeny Howard book, um, unless you count those road trip issues. Uh, everything else has been great, even Golden, but that was up until now. Cat. Woman number 58 gets a 5.5 out of 10. That's rough. Well, I think you hit the nail on the head. This event is almost over, which is how I feel about this book. (laughs) Much faster than when I read it. I don't know. It was such a, it's such a whatever issue. Um, I, I, yeah, I, I pretty much just echo most of what you said. I don't hate Nico Leone's art quite as as much um i think it's fine but it's it's certainly not winning any awards um but my my problem is just this story and how little i care about it (laughs) i I don't know i don't know i don't know what kind of voice this is but i hate the way jason is in this issue i know it's like a very ridiculous thing to complain about but it was just like annoying no voices matter a lot to me and i think she's trying to just write him as weak-minded right now but it comes across as like a little kid yeah he's like a teenager i'm like what era is this is he robin again i don't know i gave this a seven no 6.5 out of 10 yeah the the voice for jason is like like there's fear and then there's like you're a different person it's it, it doesn't quite feel right um I 100% agree with that. Son of a bitch. I was trying to do this quietly. (laughs) Um, As for the rest of the issue, though, the rest of the story, I honestly, for some reason, I didn't mind it. I I didn't feel that sense of just like, ugh, uh, apart from the Jason stuff. Just like the the whole thing with Jason right now is just, what, what are you doing? Why is this happening? What is the point? How do you think this? When is this? I, it's all the W's, all of it. Uh, so, like for me, I don't mind the story. I'm actually interested in the story. I think the story could do a lot for Gotham, a lot for the Bat Family, as long as it gets pulled off in the next two issues. But I don't like the things that happen during the story. Yeah, that's that's basically it. Like the. The whole concept, I'm not 100% against, apart from the, the whole family fighting thing. And the Vandal Savage stuff, I think, is actually a, an interesting twist. Um, that might be the only part I really care about now. Hmm. And this this issue had was, was chock full of the Vandal Savage stuff. So, I'm all for that. And it seems like the family fighting might be done and over with now anyway. Uh, after the last battle. We'll Very- see. Tim and Damien hugged it out and said, we're going to save our dad. And now Bruce is working with Jason and Selena together, finally. So it looks like the, the infighting might be over with. But we'll see what Chip Zdarsky has planned uh, with the Zerenar going on. But as for this issue, though, like I I really enjoyed it all. I can agree there was some, some issues with the art here and there. But all in all, I still didn't dislike it. Um, eight out of ten. That's fair. Well, there you go. 
And now we are getting... Oh, it's all ready. Shit, it's green. Okay, Green Lantern. I thought that was... I don't know why. I thought it was last. <laughs> green Lantern War Journal number two brought to us by moi. And if, if you guys ever want to do a Green Lantern summary, just let me know. I keep putting my name down. No, you are A-OK -okay <laughs> there, buddy. All right. <laughs> so this is Green Lantern War Journal number two. Uh, written by Philip Kennedy Johnson with art from Monsos, colors from Alex Guimaraes, letters from Dave Sharp, and a cover from Taj Tenfold, as well as many variant covers. Um, I, can I just go on a limb and say right now, like Taj Tenfold, uh, really good artist, but I'm not really loving many of the covers for War Journal, and that includes like the variants. Really? Yeah. Like, there's nothing, not many that stand out to be like, oh, man, like, I need this cover. Like, there's like, okay, that's a cool cover, but, like, I'll take whatever. What, uh, what about the covers you think is kind of, you know, underwhelming? I don't know. Maybe it's the coloring. Like, they, they're they're very, very few color choices, especially the cover I'm looking at right now, Tash Tenfold. There's, like, three colors very apparent in this entire cover, and that's it. Like, it's not it's not overwhelming it's not and and john just has the same face the entire time he just looks bored he's getting attacked by zombies and he looks fucking bored <laughs> like, <laughs> he's been through this shit before he has black is not this isn't new but come on i don't know it's just, it just doesn't feel like there's any emotion there for uh for a fucking green lantern book with no emotion anyway that's besides the point we open up in the amazon rainforest where the uh lantern that attacked john in the first issue has reappeared with uh some reinforcements in tow and we find out during their um investigation into the rainforest where a ship has crashed from outer space uh that they are actually all durlin uh which uh if, if you are a, a longtime lantern reader you will find very interesting seeing as durlins are typically sworn enemies of the lanterns at least depending on the continuity. Um, well, these are UP lanterns, not Owen lanterns. So I think there's a whole yeah. bunch of difference we're going to find out. Yeah. Uh, it's very, very interesting stuff going on. Um, so they investigate this crashed ship thinking it might have something to do with Jon Stewart uh, because they are there to basically bully him into submission once more. Uh, but they enter, they enter this ship and they find that it is actually... Uh, part of the Revenant Queen's zombies, I guess. Gotta be one of the astronauts from outer space. And using these purple light uh, tentacles, just tear the Durlin lanterns to pieces. Um, and the last one, uh, all three are actually turned into um, Revenant Queen zombies. Uh, then we go over to Steelworks Tower, uh, where John and his mother have arrived to uh, have an interview with John Henry uh, where uh, John Stewart is prospecting a potential job and they go upstairs have a little interview talk about some of the new technology Steelworks is working on as you can see in the pages of Action Comics and Steelworks um, and John Henry asks John about a little piece of tech he's been working on a monorail that is completely magnet powered uh, and, but they can't quite get it to work properly. John solves the problem, and John Henry offers him, offers him the job basically on the spot. Now the train ride back, 
Uh, John is talking to his mom, how they used to live in Metropolis, and hopes that maybe if he takes the job, she will want to move back in. Despite the fact that it is a very different city, it's still once her home. Um, and she then changes the subject very quickly and uh, mentions that she overheard him and John Henry talking about Batman and Superman and looking for ways to measure up to them and basically tells him to never disrespect himself ever again, that he is more, they are half the hero he could ever be, even going so far as just not even masking himself and revealing his identity to the world because he has nothing to hide. That's a real superhero right there. Uh, but before they can get anywhere further in that conversation, the train is attacked by the once Durlin Green Lanterns, now Revenant Queen Zombies, to take the fight directly to Jon Stewart, putting everyone in danger. And then Jon unleashes his power and basically mops the floor with him, with, with them, much like he did the one guy in the first issue. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, takes the fight directly to them. He gets stabbed by one. Um, kind of off guard and the stab starts to glow and they reveal that he will begin to turn into one of them and that is where the issue ends very cool um, and I'm kind of on the fence about Green Lantern right now like it's it's all good but like I'm just, I was just hoping when we got Green Lantern back there would be more stuff in space and I'm just like, I'm itching to know what's going on with the United Planets. I'm itching to know what's going on with the core. And what I'm getting right now is stories about Hal and John on Earth. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just getting teases of stuff in outer space, which is stuff I'm like super stoked about. Mm-hmm. So as much as I'm enjoying See, I, stuff with Hal and John, I'm just like, this is not what I want to read right now. Give me what I want. I feel like I'm loving it for the opposite reason. I'm loving it because it's kind of grounding them right now. Uh, they definitely need it. Those two characters have been put through the ringer when it comes to being in outer space for the past mm-hmm. 15 years. So yeah. definitely, like, I get why these two characters are on Earth, and I do appreciate that they are Earthbound right now. And the stories are really good. Um, I think I'm loving John's... Like, every issue that comes out, this issue too right now, but every issue that's coming out, I'm enjoying it more and more, and I'm getting more invested in John Stewart's story. And, and the yeah. three of us have had discussions uh, on and off for the past little while about DC's reveal that John Stewart is like 29 years old, and I did not get that vibe until this issue. Like, I actually kind of see it now. He's got that kind of feel to him where he's still like, I'm around that age right now, <laughs> so I'm getting that vibe of like, okay, I kind of see the world how he sees it right now. Like, we're seeing it the same way at the age we're at. So I'm, I'm I, I kind of see it a bit more. I still can't see that, but I, I understand where you're coming from. I just, yeah. he seems like, he seems so much older than that. Like he'd 35, be nearly 40. Yeah. 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 You'd think he would be, but I don't know. Just like, I, I could definitely see that he's at, at, at the very least 31, mm-hmm. 32, but I can definitely see him in that range. Um, yeah. And him working at Steelworks, that like, this guy's got a future. I'm happy that Philip Kennedy Johnson has done his research, done his homework on Jon Stewart, and really picked up on some storylines that fans have been asking for for years, namely his family tree, what's been going on with his immediate family, because there's been just inconsistencies about where his family members are, and if they're alive or not for the past 20-odd years, and delving into his architectural background, which is, as far as I remember, not something that's really been talked about, since Green Lantern Corps started in 2006. 
no yeah, yeah. it's usually they kind of emphasize <clears throat> his military background mm-hmm. more so than than the architect stuff um i mean he did design uh the green lantern barracks and everything on mogo but that was it yeah well the thing is like i remember the opening of because uh, i just read it like uh, maybe a couple months ago um but the opening of green lantern volume one for the new 52 is like him on earth with his architect job but he basically can't do it because he's too much of a celebrity as green lantern and then at that point he just kind of is called back into space and pretty much hasn't been home since that um, new 52 i thought that was 2005 2006 no i think that was that was 2011 uh, oh, okay I'm pretty sure i was going for a job yeah he was like applying yeah. to be a baseball coach or something yeah um, but but yes, yeah, I, I agree that it's it's nice that they're kind of tapping into those roots. Also, mm-hmm. I mean, really, my only note for this issue was this is the most interesting Jay Nakamura has ever been. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yes. Anyway, yeah, well, um, that's that throwback to our low key uh, true. But but yes, also that was that was just a great throwback to yeah. literally to, to John's first appearance where he just chucks aside the mask. That issue is yeah. very funny, very dated. Oh um, yeah, slightly questionable in terms of race, but I think for the most part, is enjoyable. But that was that was yeah. a fun callback. But a lot of this series has just been nice callbacks to some of John's history, and I think that's why I like it. It's really kind of grounded him on Earth in his past, and kind of trying to bring him back down and, and remind people of why he is an interesting and uh, and you know complex character. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, I think that's why I'm appreciating it so much. Is that like we haven't really got into the crazy cosmic shit yet. It's just like, okay, this is like a really character-focused, character-driven story with John and his mom and just kind of like feeling like he's stuck on Earth, which I think is different from action, which is like, you know, so plot-driven. Um, so it's really nice. Mm-hmm. And Montos right now can do no oh, wrong. So good. The, the art is fantastic yeah and i love the design like i don't like those characters uh i mean i, I don't like them because they're they're not good people but i love the designs for <laughs> oh, the God. owen green lanterns yeah the, the the up green lanterns right yeah yeah yeah, or, yeah the up green lanterns yeah. um yeah no the designs were really cool mm-hmm. so i i i'm giving this uh 8.75 out of 10 yep same here 8.75 yeah I um I think Hell's story is grounded and I'm enjoying it because of that. John's story I think is starting out grounded. There's zero chance that this doesn't end up going cosmic. Um and that's completely a okay with me. I feel like we're just Well, yeah. I, I think with his power set it kind of has to. Yeah. yeah. He's like god now. Plus the, I mean the 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 revenant is completely out in space. Plus the UP is trying to take him out. Um, oh, it's not even the. It's just well, these these lanterns because the UP have quarantined sector two eight one four. Nobody should Ren- be flying in and out of it. Renegade, um, Derlins. And, yeah, it's just this one guy who was like, Nah, I want to fucking test this guy out. Oh. Greatest Green Lantern, in my ass. Those Derlins. Always fucking, trying to start some shit. Fucking never, never really know who they are. Fucking derelicts. Um, speaking that was, that was of not knowing who they are, I have no fucking clue who Montos is, but I sure do now. He's brand um, new. This I, like, where did he come from? I don't awesome. know. He just emerged. 
He's awesome. I mean, I know, I'm sure he's done other stuff before. I just don't know. Actually, let me change that. Awesome. Yeah. Um, I I think I have to sing Mrs. Theme. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Line work and color work both really work for this issue. That was a lot of work. Um, the story is pretty cool. I enjoyed it. I didn't see John becoming infected or whatever with the Revenant, but we will see where that goes. PKJ has proven himself time and time again. The art again was spectacular. The story enjoyable. Skeptical of where this is going slightly, but still a really good read. 8 out of 10. Right on. And that is going to bring us to our last book for the show, Nightwing number 107, The Pirate's Adventure. Oh, boy. Nightwing. <laughs> Are we going to cover it? Uh, Written by Tom Taylor with <laughs> art from... And we'll just have to see. Yeah. Oh, boy. Ha, 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 ha. See. You're, you're hilarious. Um, <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, I guess I'm getting all the Tom Taylor books this week. Uh, written by Tom Taylor. Oh, with sure, guy. Well, I didn't realize, yeah, you did get Stephen all the Tom Burr. Taylor books. I know, seriously. <laughs> both of them, um, which is not a lot, but yeah. still weird. Um, anyway. that's good. I always end up with the Williamson books. I don't know if you've that's noticed true. that or not. <laughs> that's because I'm a cruel mistress. That's yeah. true. That's okay. I still love you. Uh, with <laughs> color, oh sorry, art by Stephen Byrne with colors from Adriana Lucas and letters from Tom Napolitano. We have a flashback to Dick's days as Rick. I'm not going to talk about that, but anyway, it happens. Um, Dick reunites <laughs> with B, now known as Captain Blood, on her own ship. Blood. He's taken Blood. to the brig where he fights with her goons, but she stops them. Dick then goes up to the deck with her and exposits about her connection to Captain Blood and Bloodhaven. She mentions that she has a hard time keeping control of her crew who question her legitimacy since she is not related to the old Captain Blood by Blood. Haha. <laughs> uh, she wants she wants Nightwing to help kidnap her brother Dirk, who is who is actually blood related, blood related to Captain Blood. Excuse me. Um, so that he does not become the new Captain Blood, because he is, as she says, a blank. Nightwing changes clothes, a man falls overboard, and Nightwing freezes up and trying to save him. B tells Nightwing that they're going somewhere where heroes are not welcome, and he has to ditch his domino mask since Oracle is watching. Nightwing says he won't abandon B again at the end. Um, this one was also written by ChatGPT. Haha, <laughs> joke, but no. Um... I can go straight on to the backup, but honestly, there's not much to say about that one. But we could just talk about the main story if you want. Um, you could go ahead and do do the back one. I mean, I wrote some comments about it, but <clears throat> yeah, I don't know. Man. Um, let me just pull up the creative team for that because I did not write that down. I bet you. I bet you. Rob didn't read it. Rob stopped at the end of the Nightwing. Sorry. I I wouldn't blame I'm you. Pretty sure I read it. I just don't remember what the hell happened. It was oh, like basically well, just uh, a night out with uh, Dick and Jason, um, and they fight some. Right. Movies. Yeah. Yeah, with the three bears. Yes. Uh, written Freddie by Michael Mercury W. Conrad with art Eddie. from Serge Acuna. Nice. Um, colors from Yvonne Placencia and letters from Wes Abbott. 
This is basically a bros night out between Dick and Jason as they size up against this gang, if you want to call them that, called the Three Bears. They're taken down with ease, and Jason later basically tortures one of them, although we don't see it, to find out exactly what they were doing and, and who they were working for and all that stuff. And the guy who had employed them finds them all beat to shit in an alley with a note attached to them basically saying that he needs to stop now before he gets a major ass whooping and he knows exactly what his whole shtick is. Um, let's start with the main story. Yeah. I should be enjoying this one, but I'm not because it's kind of boring, <laughs> if, I'm, if I can be honest. Like, I don't have any fondness for the Rick Grayson era, so any callbacks to that are not going to make me happy. And I appreciate at least that they're trying to, I don't know, twist that horrible era into a moderately interesting plot thread. Like, I really don't care. So it's not working for me all that much. Um, and he's, he's bringing in old characters like B, like an old flame of, uh, of, of dicks. But, like, mm -hmm. I, I just I, – I really – could not care less um so i'm just like i don't know I'm, I'm in a complicated situation where it's not bad by any means i'm just very bored with this arc and i don't know if i want it to end or if i just want it to go in a different direction so that i can enjoy it a little bit more but i'm in a weird place with this one so i gave well, i gave the whole issue a 7.5 i didn't score them individually the backup story I, I could take or leave honestly like if you like that it's fine but also this was another one where I think the writers, I feel like some of the writers who get to do the Bat Family for the first time, they get to Jason or they have the opportunity to write Jason. And they're like, I don't know what to do. Like, oh, yeah. shit, what should I like? How do I write this character? Because I, I don't want him to be too aggro, but I don't want him to be too much like a teenager. So they try and strike. They either try and strike a balance in the middle between those two things. Or they just end up on the extreme of one of them, where he's either super emo or super aggro or just like super annoying and trying to be like the funny one. I mean, um, this literally, like this that. backup arc is literally called Emo Buddy. Yes, and that's wow. I'm just like, but this was this was like this was a weird middle ground between those two extremes, and I don't know. I was just like, whatever. Um, so I gave the whole issue a seven point five. I didn't score them individually, but I'm, I'm very much just like. I, I, don't, I, I don't know. I'm in a weird place. I'm like, I don't know if I want this to be over or if, if I, yeah. I'm, I'm confused. Let's say that. Um, so, yeah, 7.5 for me. I feel you there, man. I think it was, for the main story anyway, I think it was weird as hell that they chose an outfit that looks like that. <laughs> but I'm, I'm not letting that be a problem. Um, I feel like it's a good progression for the story we've got. It pulled me in a bit further than it was before. Uh, Rick Grayson showing up at any time makes me gun-shy as hell. And I really need to stop seeing him before there's some kind of, I don't know, interference with Nightwing's life being caused by it. In any case, the, uh, the art is freaking gorgeous to look at. The story moves along nicely, but Dick Babs needs not to be rocked. So don't go there. Uh, I gave the whole issue an 8.25. I didn't grade the backup. Um, well, I did grade the backup, but it doesn't figure into the main store, score. Uh, the backup, I think, has beautiful art. Definite heavy on the manga influence. And when I say beautiful, I really mean it. 
As far as the story goes, it's pointless. It's a story that's written just so somebody can write something. The voices are all the way off. Um, the YMCA rejects served just to be weird, not a decent group of thugs. Bikers, sure, I suppose that could have worked. But Freddie Mercury as a leather daddy, I did not need at all. The bag up because of the art, I would have gave a 6.5. Should the art have matched the story and quality, it would have got a 3. But again, just grading it off of the main story, 8.25 out of 10. I, I thought it was good. Yeah, I... Honestly, yeah, didn't mind either one. The the backup story, I struggled to remember what happened to the first one because I feel like it was very different. But what we got, I didn't hate. I if I was grading it, I'd probably give it a maybe a seven, seven point five. Like it definitely wasn't horrible, but not not great. Like I enjoyed it, but it could have been way better. Um, You're just a Freddie Mercury though, fan. I am. No, oh, I love Wayne. <laughs> yeah. um, as for the main story, I kind of dig it a lot. Like, I, like everybody else on this planet and the next, hated Rick Grayson. Um, yeah. It's maybe the only book I hate read. Like, <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't hate read books. If I don't like a book, I'm just going to drop it. But Rick I agree. Grayson... Well, to... I, I agree, but then I keep reading Mark Miller books, so I guess <laughs> yeah, <sighs> it's it's really the only story that I hate read because I was like, okay, next issue they're gonna bring him back. Next issue, I'm just I'm just gonna power through this, and eventually they're gonna bring back Dick Grayson properly, and eventually they did. Forty in, issues later, in a shitty story. Yeah, <laughs> years later. Um, <laughs> see, I was like you for a little bit, and then I was like, fuck this book. I'm not. I I will not buy nor read another issue until I see very clearly on the cover Nightwing is back and yeah. lo and behold issue 75 had exactly that yeah um, yeah so that being said if I had to pick anything from that time that I enjoyed it was probably beat so I'm, I'm very grateful yeah. that she's back I honestly didn't mind her character her as a character I thought was really well done very interesting a welcome addition to the world. And, it was and... weird how she just poofed when he became Nightwing. Yeah, I did. Because that like, just well, doesn't feel like Dick. You know what not, I mean? Yeah, like that. Like Dick just leaving her to the wayside was kind of weird. Um, yeah. Like he was also starting things up with Babs again and didn't want any awkwardness, especially when he he kind of lied. Like he still remembered some of her Grayson's time, but he didn't remember everything. And it's just not to the same degree. Like she sees him as the same person, but he barely knows her. Kind of right. deal. Like it's yeah, I, I get it. It's a really awkward situation. Um, but I did enjoy her character and honestly kind of built out the the modern day Blue Haven a little bit. So I really liked her as a character. I'm happy that she's back and we get a little bit more of a story. To her now so I, I i'm digging this pirate nightwing uh, is great if only for the the caption on the cover of the issue <laughs> yeah 
I can't remember how it started, but Nightwing's booty. We're looking for Nightwing's booty. Yep. You're damn right. That was very cheap. He said, yeah. you're oh. damn right, he said. Oh. <laughs> ah. Oh, now. Come over the that. seas, oh. immaculate beauty. Stay for Nightwing's pirate booty. Yeah. Josh, did you miss Brandon made a dead joke? <gasps> I did. I'm I so missed ashamed. it. He said it was very cheeky. <laughs> yeah. Uh, just, just end me now. <laughs> there, now um, you're ended. <laughs> all in all, for Nightwing, I will give. I don't even know how to score it, man. Eight point five. Is fair enough. Yeah. Eight point five is good. All right, now uh, we will move on to top three and favorite moment. If you got one, boys, what you got? Uh, number three goes to War Journal. Number two goes to Nightwing. Number one goes to Titans. And my favorite, <laughs> my favorite moment was in War, War Journal um, when they're on their way into Metropolis on the train, and oh, Mama broke out his full name. John is in trouble. Ooh, yeah, you hate to hear that. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Oh God. I was like, I get, I get PTSD reading that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Hi, Brandon. What about you? Um, well, it's a little hard to pick from just the main three, so I, I hope you won't mind if I throw in a couple of honorable. Or am I, am I allowed to put in one of the bonus ones? I, I forget. You, you can do whatever you want. Okay. Man. Cool. I break them up. I don't give a shit. Well, there are no rules. Yes, if you want to hear us talk about this more, then listen to our bonus show. But at number three, um, I had for this week at least, City Boy uh, at number two. Um, I had Green Lantern War Journal number two. And my number one pick for very obvious reasons, but we will get into it shortly, Jay Garrick Flash number one. But if you want to hear us talk about that at length, We'll have to listen to our bonus show. Uh, do you have a favorite moment? Uh, ooh. I mean, honestly, the probably the the uh, like as much as I am not a huge fan of that character, Jay quoting the famous line from Green Lantern. What is that? Eighty oh, yeah. four. Um, yeah. uh, and he's like, oh. Yeah, like he just kind of doesn't have a reaction to it. Like, I, I love yeah. that. That was great. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, for me, well, the scores were so freaking close. <laughs> uh, number three, I'll have Nightwing 107, <laughs> number four, Titans number four, and number two, I'm no, sorry, number one, Green Lantern War Journal number two. Uh, favorite moments also from GL uh, when John's fighting the Radiant Dead zombies and one of them tells him he can't do something he says keep telling me i can't do something keep telling me what i can't do love that shit as he just beats the crap out of him <laughs> yeah that's yeah i love it as i think this is definitely gonna give us some top tier john moments god yes well it already has mm -hmm. i mean yeah, it's gonna continue from this issue <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> yeah it's gonna be good pkj mm -hmm. knows the stuff man mm -hmm. he sure does Later, Johnson. All right, so that is our show number one sixty nine, Legacy four thousand Infinity. Um, uh, 
I can't keep track. Four thousand five hundred and twenty-five. Five. Okay. Actually, it's actually twenty-five. Get your numbers right. What? Could you imagine someone like? gatekeeping the show <laughs> oh my god like oh you're not a real fan if you don't remember an episode 97 where they talked about <laughs> and we're sitting here like what did we cover in week 97 <laughs> oh like, i don't even remember week 97 yeah did we record a show on week 97 <laughs> <laughs> oh man Good stuff. But all right, Rob is right. That is the show. We are going to get out of here, so you'll have to as well. Be careful out there. And remember, in the Geek Matrix, everyone has a home in the Geek Matrix. You are not alone.